Hi, and welcome to Meridian Explains All Things Real Estate. I'm your host, Andrea Howell, and this is the podcast that brings you juicy topics, current topics, and difficult topics. And you know, we do it all within 15 minutes. So this is Meridian Title, straight from Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks for joining us. Today's episode is about a difficult and a current topic, divorce situations. So stay tuned to learn what you need to know, options available, and some golden rules when working with your clients through their divorce. This is Meridian Explains, equity payouts and selling through divorce situations. Today, I have with me an escrow officer who's seen and worked with divorce situations uh, for 37 years. I've invited special guest Shane Lidke, escrow officer here, and he's going to educate us on how to work through these situations with our clients and customers. So welcome, Shane. Thank you. It's good to be with you, Andrea. So good to have you on. Um, let's start with some golden rules because I've promised the listeners that. Uh, let's talk about golden rules whenever we're talking about selling through divorce situations or, you know. Well, the first thing is, is we're not an attorney. Okay. Um, we're not a loan officer, nope. but we're speaking as an escrow officer, as a neutral party, um, and our experience that we've seen uh, through this, the probably the number one thing that agents need to tell their clients when they are working at the beginning, especially of a potential divorce and stuff, is make their payments. Don't be late on your payments because that's going to make it more difficult for them to buy a home uh, or get a loan to buy out, take off the other person off to, off the loan. Uh, if they have bad credit. So they just need to somehow figure out how to keep making those payments because it's a benefit to both parties. Okay. So a couple golden rules we need to stay in our lanes as realtors, lenders, and uh, title people about, you know, not crossing into legal advice or uh, all that stuff and um, counseling our clients that you got to make your payments. Otherwise, the last thing you need is a foreclosure and a divorce at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Right? And lose all your equity. <laughs> yeah, lose all your equity. Okay. So uh, probably the first question that I get asked when an agent calls me is, hey, they're um, going to be getting divorced. Who signs the listing? Who signs the purchase contract? How do the papers all match up? I like to see both parties sign the listing agreement. Okay, if they're both on title. If they're both on title. If they're both on title, I like them both to sign it because then they can't come back and say, well, I didn't agree to this for for it to be listed and stuff. And you can say, well, you signed the listing agreement so you know it's being sold. Yes. Then who signs the contract, typically they're both going to be signing the contract because they're both going to be receiving equity and stuff. And so they'll just be both be participating in the sale. And so Mm -hmm. then they'd sign the contract and the closing documents. Uh, Then, you know, many times though, we close the ex-wife in the morning and the ex-husband in the afternoon um, because they can't be in the same room together. Mm -hmm. And so we just, we spread them out so they don't have to cross each other. Other times they just meet and everything's fine and you would never know that there's conflict going on. 
Now, if one of them receives the home and gets all the equity, then the other spouse, we would just have them come in and sign a warranty deed and instructions that says, hey, when you can pay off the mortgage, uh, you can record this deed. And then we just have the other spouse be the one who signs the contract and comes into closing. And that would work whether they have had the divorce decree stamped by the judge or if they're trying to work this out prior to even Correct. filing sometimes. Yeah. Uh, we establish, or you know, we don't establish. They establish who wants what, how much, and then what we do is we have them sign hey, we are accepting this much and the deed and then instructions saying, you know, when we get our money, you can record the deed. Correct. Okay. Correct. Sometimes, occasionally we've had one where one of the spouses just doesn't want to deal with the sale of the home. And so we'll have them come in and sign a deed with instructions that says, hey, when you can pay me $50,000 and pay off that mortgage, you can record this deed. I'm letting my spouse handle the sale because I just don't want to be bothered. Yeah. And so we can do it that. So there's two ways, have them both sign everything all the way through or one or the other, but we we'd need the participation of both. Okay. Um, one kind of common theme that comes up when we're dealing with divorce situations is the question, are they amicable over and over? Are they amicable? So kind of, uh, if they're amicable and they know what they want, then it's pretty easy for us to proceed. They just Correct. tell us and we figure out the paperwork. If they're not amicable, what do you what do you usually say to your realtors, to your lenders? Well, usually the if they're not amicable, then they're not doing they're not dividing, selling anything before the divorce is final because okay. they can't come up with who gets what and everything else. And so typically they're they're working together and they're just trying to make it easy. So when they get divorced, it's just done and, and they don't have to worry about dividing up assets later. I agree. I, I agree. If it's not amicable, they, you know, people can change their mind, especially during emotional, stressful times and things can come up and things can change. And so it's really for the protection of everyone involved that it's stamped by a judge. If, if things are, I mean, they can just change day to day. The, the one thing that I would, would suggest is if you have a difficult spouse that is not cooperating and is having problems, I would there's two ways to protect the other party is in the divorce, um, their attorney can draft language that states that the property is conveyed and transferred to the party who receives it. Mm. But they would need to have the legal, that language in there and the legal description and tax ID number so that they can uh, then turn around and record that divorce decree, and that would take the other spouse's name off the title. Most attorneys don't do that, though, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of private information 
in those divorces sometimes. And the divorce decree has to be of public the, record or the something the like that? The divorce decree is recorded with the courts, oh, okay. but not with the county. But in order to remove the spouse off title, it has to be recorded with the county, and then, and then it, becomes it becomes public, public record. So they don't always do that, but that is an option that you can do. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is you ask that the spouse's attorney has a deed signed at when their client signs the divorce decree so that you have that and it can be released and recorded and you're, you're not having to chase them down mm. later. One beautiful thing that I, it's like a newer trend that I've just barely seen in the last few months is that a lot of divorce decree, or a lot of divorce attorneys are putting language in the divorce decree that the other party will refinance or sell within a certain amount of time. And that time frame sometimes is very short, but that yeah. is a trend that thank you, divorce attorneys, if you're out there listening for yeah, doing don't, that. Don't make it last forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let's go into talking about equity payouts. Uh, let's say they want to, someone wants to pay the chunk of money. How do we structure those? How do we go about doing the equity payouts? Well, again, it, it's, Typically what's in the divorce that tells us how, you know, what the equity, you know, that's divided 50-50. Sometimes they're either paying out, they're taking care of it before closing. And so it's just whatever they, the parties agree to. And if there's not a divorce decree. Then, yeah, whatever they agree to. They tell us, hey, we're going to divide it 50-50. So here's, here's where you're at. Um, If it's like a partnership or a family member and stuff like that, then again, you know, hey, I'm selling my share to you and here you go. Okay, so we are, as the fiduciary party, just following instructions, but we can help with the paperwork on this is what I want. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can provide, we can type up instructions that says, hey, I will accept this amount of money as my equity and then do the closing and get their money. Okay, very good. Now, um, another question that I ask when we're working, you know, case by case, every situation is different, but when agents call me and I always ask, what are their plans after they sell? Like selling the property, if everyone's agreeing that that's the easy part, but if they're going to, one of them's going to go buy a house, the other one's going to go rent there's some things that in the future that we need to look towards if that person needs to be qualifying for a mortgage. Correct. And and that's why, you know, we said at the very beginning is make your payments Mm. because that'll affect, because usually people are joint borrowers on their credit cards, cars, house and stuff. And so if their payments are current, then their credit score is going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to affect their credit score. If they're mad at each other and no one wants to make any payments and they're 30 days late all over the place, then that's going to make it really hard to get a loan because now your credit score score is just so low that you can't get a decent loan mm-hmm. or a loan at all. Um, the other thing, uh, so if they have good credit, the, the one issue is if one of the spouses is getting alimony and or child support, and they want to use that as income, then they need to have, they need to prove six months worth of payments. 
So they need to have very good, accurate records. And the problem we run into is sometimes the spouse will pay them in cash. They'll bend mom money. Sometimes they'll write them a check. And so it's all over the board. Um, don't do that. You know, make it as clear as possible. Usually a, a copy of the check and the copy of your bank deposit showing that being deposited is the best thing you can do because then you've got six months and you prove it. Um, and, and again, always check with your lender, but uh, typically they require six months of proof of that child support or alimony being paid. I do always suggest, yeah, that they would need to check with their lender because, you know, it's not like the lenders are trying to be harsh or not understand the situation, but they can't go off of proposed income or proposed assets. Correct. Or, you know, if they don't know if someone's income is being cut or they may need to wait until the divorce is final and we wouldn't want someone to, you know, have sold and then not qualify for the loan. And that would, that, that would not be good customer um, service on, yeah. you know, any of our parts. Uh, let's see. I really quick in the last few minutes, I want to talk about getting the word out to our clients, the, the lenders and the realtors when they're talking to the public a lot of people just don't understand the difference between having the mortgage in their name and having the title in their name. And they're like, okay, just, you know, we're getting divorced, take me off title. And they're not realizing how the mortgage comes into play. So let's, let's talk about how we can guide the customers through well, that. Well, there, there's a couple terms we call, call it vesting or title, and that's the ownership. That's who owns the property. Now, I get many people calling me saying, hey, I want to take, be taken off this mortgage, so can I sign a deed? And that, does, that just takes their name off title. It doesn't take them off the mortgage. So whenever someone signs a mortgage, they are obligated, whether it's your parents and the kids or husband and wife, they're both obligated for the life of the loan. And so the only time, uh, so they would have, so they would have to refinance that mortgage, pay it off and refinance it or sell the home and then pay off that mortgage in order to get the other spouse off because then that can harm the, that spouse being able to get a loan. Mm. Now, in the divorce decree, if it states that the spouse is obligated for that mortgage, the, then the other spouse, the lender may not may not use that as a debt mm. for their qualifying purposes if the divorce decree specifically states that the other party is responsible for the debt. Okay. So that's helpful. Um, but if they don't have that, then they may have to use the debt of the home at, for their loan purposes, and yeah. that could hinder their ability to borrow. So at the end of the day on divorce situations, uh, they need to work closely with the agent, the title company, their, you know, lender, perhaps, um, divorce attorney, and we're all uh, just need to, you had some good advice about, like, we hear a lot of things during divorces. Tell me your good advice, because that was just such a go good golden <laughs> nugget. I want to end on that. Well, one thing, um, we all, if we all work together, um, we can get everybody to the table get and everything works out wonderfully. 
the thing I found with divorces is many times the agent is working with two sellers, mm. not just a couple. Mm. They're working with two sellers. And as an escrow officer, I'm working with two sellers. And sometimes we hear some juicy stuff that we care not to hear about each mm. party. And so we just put that in the vault you know, that's not our place to make any judgments or anything else. There's always two sides to every pancake. So we just have to lock that away when we hear the other party complain about the other. And we just get them to the closing table and, and get it done the way they need it to be done. And that, that makes it just so much better. Well, excellent advice, excellent discussion. Thank you, Shane, for being on today. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. I hope everyone found this episode informative and we are always just a phone call away if there's anything that you're working on that we can help you with. So join us next time for another great episode on Meridian Explains All Things Real Estate.